0: Ayahuasca is well known for its visionary properties um, and uh, bright colors and light shows and that sort of thing. It's also well known for cleaning, and that is energetic, physical, emotional, and spiritual cleaning or purification, and that's often manifests in um, things like throwing up and going to the bathroom uh, a lot, <laughs> uh, sweating and, and crying, and, and various forms of, of purging.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today, and I am thrilled to introduce you to our guest today, Zach Poitra. Zach is the co-founder, along with his wife, Jess, of White. I think I messed that up too, wife, Jess, uh-huh. listeners. We were just talking about episode 666, which I'm turning into the blooper episode. So I think I'm going to be doing everything in my power to fill that episode out of this episode. That's a joke, but it might not be. But Zach and Jess are the co-founders of Ayahuasca. Let me try that again. Ayahuasca family. And I've never really been familiar, although the word ayahuasca has been coming up all over for Uh me lately and literally zach the week that i started really seeing it is when i got introduced to you and i was like okay this has got to well yeah i do believe in signs but i was like this is crazy awesome so yeah thank you for being here and for those who aren't familiar like i i want you of course to introduce yourself better but could you explain what ayahuasca is
0: sure Sure. Um, yeah. So again, my name is Zach Poitro from uh, Ayahuasca Family. And actually our URL is ayahuascafamily.com. The the name, I just was making it easy on Kim and did want to give her more material for her uh, 666 episode. Um, <laughs> Thank the, you. the name is La Familia Ayahuasca, which is Ayahuasca Family in Spanish. And yeah, Ayahuasca, uh, actually, I think you may be surprised at how many people in your audience have Uh, discovered or or know about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is a uh, plant medicine from the Amazon basin um, that is uh, Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, Brazil, and uh, parts of Bolivia, um, although not as pervasive there. And when we say plant medicine, that is, um, you know, there are lots of plant medicines, but Oftentimes that vernacular is used for um, plant medicines that are visionary or one might say psychedelic. And um, ayahuasca in particular, we want to emphasize the medicinal benefits. Um, It has some really powerful uh, healing benefits from a psychological standpoint. Uh, which is part of the reason I found it back in 2009 and went down to Peru. Uh, I was suffering from depression and anxiety, and it absolutely changed my life. Uh, so it's it's known for helping with uh, anxiety, depression, grieving. Um, it's also uh, for uh, people who have kind of feel like something is off. They may not be fully... Uh, feeling depressed or, or anxious but they're just like, hey something's missing here and that's that's almost um, almost like they're they're missing something on a spiritual level, and ayahuasca can also be used, and it is used uh, in Brazilian some Brazilian Catholic churches as a sacrament. That is, um, an, uh, a way to connect with uh, the divine or God and have a direct relationship with that. Uh, how whatever that being whatever name you want to call it, and so it um, it it can be helpful in healing some. Um, some physical issues, particularly if they're tightly connected with emotional issues. Um, That said, uh, I would say that other medicinal plants that can be found in the Amazon uh, can be helpful with other physical issues. And that's a very large conversation. And I think that ayahuasca may have or has gotten a bit of a... um, reputation for its healing powers and it may not be appropriate uh, that reputation um as some people might view it as a, a, a magic bullet i get I re- get emails on a fairly regular basis whether or not ayahuasca can cure cancer and
1: hmm.
0: you know um while it's possible that a healing of, uh, around cancer can happen during an ayahuasca retreat uh we don't have enough uh, statistical um Uh, relevance or enough uh, studies that would prove that. And so I'm really hesitant to point to ayahuasca um, in terms of healing uh, physical issues, although I've I've definitely been present when uh, things have uh, become healed. And again, I think that's because of the uh, psychological or uh, emotional connections that are often associated with um, various uh, ailments, things like lower back issues and that sort of thing. But it's not uh, consistent uh, usage of ayahuasca for those things. So um, kind of went off, the, uh, off on a tangent there, but um, ayahuasca is well-known for its visionary properties um, and uh, bright colors and light shows and that sort of thing. It's also well-known for cleaning, and that is energetic, physical, emotional, and spiritual cleaning or purification, and that's often manifests in um, things like throwing up And going to the bathroom uh, a lot, Uh, sweating and and crying and and various forms of of purging, um, which is not uncommon in the plant medicine world. You you see this in um, things like uh, peyote ceremonies with the Native American church. Uh, Some people who may have taken psilocybin will note that sometimes you throw up on that, um, but not nearly as much as uh, ayahuasca. So I don't know if that was a very crisp and clean description, and maybe you can. Well, I'm can very, ask.
1: I'm very fascinated because, well, on various aspects. Because mm-hmm. number one, in one of your videos that I was watching, you were talking about drinking ayahuasca. So I'm very curious about, like, what are you actually drinking? Uh, is it okay. what? But then on the flip side, I live in Ohio. Sure. Where just in the last year, medicinal marijuana became legal.
0: Uh huh.
1: Right? Is is. Uh, Ayahuasca l- legal in the States or do you have to travel if you want to enjoy the benefits?
0: Um And is
1: that so- even the way that you would put it, enjoy the benefits? Because that sounds like it's really like making it sound more recreational, which I certainly don't want to do.
0: Oh, no, no, I didn't take that in that manner because there are great benefits um to ayahuasca um, although we do refer to going through a retreat as work um because you know, work is work it, it's very challenging um, particularly if one is working with traumas and so forth as those are going to come to the surface and be released as part of the ayahuasca uh, process um back to your question there, the United States has a, a unique situation around uh, ayahuasca and um, other plant medicines, um, in the sense that we have the is it the First Amendment that uh, freedom of religion, um, and that has created some um, precedent. Uh, first, with the Native American Church, um, wherein they got the they received the right to. Serve um, peyote uh, in their peyote ceremonies um, under that uh, freedom of religion. Um, you know, uh, it's not an amendment; it's 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 part of the constitution. Mm-hmm. And um, subsequently, that was precedent that allowed uh, two Brazilian Catholic churches who use ayahuasca as a sacrament, uh, the Santa Daimi and the Neo de Vegetal, to completely legally um, uh, serve ayahuasca in their ceremonies. Now that leads us to, um, you know, some underground activity with ayahuasca in the United States, where in, um, there people are serving them in a shamanic context and it's a big question as to what will happen when the first one of those people gets caught um, or and taken to trial. The, right. There's a lot of speculation that given the previous... Um, precedent that, you know, the U.S. government does not want to lose again um, because that would just create more precedent for future cases. And so the sense is that they're not doing much um, in terms of enforcing. Uh, in addition to the First Amendment or the First, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the is it the First Amendment um, that... Uh,
1: Let's just say it is because I'm not knowledgeable either, okay. so
0: <laughs> please don't um,
1: judge us for our knowledge exactly, the, yeah,
0: yeah, on the Constitution, right. I'm not a, uh, anyway, so they um, are, there's this idea that that uh, it is somewhat protected, however, there may be uh, people who say don't have a lineage or training and so forth who would be persecuted as it is technically a schedule one substance. However, the U.S. government may not want to go after them, given the precedent. Um, It is the First Amendment. Yes, First Amendment. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And um, so that's the legal situation uh, in the United States. Here in Guatemala, it's not uh, a scheduled substance. So uh, that's part of the reason my family and I are down here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's close to the United States. It's beautiful, uh, wonderful weather. And uh, we can uh, operate in the open. you also asked, what is ayahuasca? So uh, you, know, what's well, you made talked of? about drinking it. Yeah. It's, so it's a tea um, made of the ayahuasca vine, which um, is a vine that grows pretty much anywhere in tropical environment. It's getting spread around the world. It grows in very, it originated in, in um, the Amazon basin. However, it's been planted around the world in various locations. And so, um, you know, a tropical environment is needed, and it will grow. It's quite hardy, and so forth. So it's mixed with um, some sort of plant or leaf. Generally, or the the most widespread recipe is adding in a, a plant called chacruna, and there are some other plants, uh, Wombisa being another one. Um, these plants have DMT in them, and what the ayahuasca has an M A O I in it which allows the DMT to be absorbed um, through the um, digestive system. And if it weren't for the MAOI that the ayahuasca provides, the DMT would not do anything. It would just be um, absorbed by the system without any uh, visionary effects at all. So it's the combination of the ayahuasca and this DMT, whichever DMT plant the the recipe has in it, that creates a visionary experience. Now there there can be um, there have been some traditions that just use the ayahuasca vine without the visionary uh, leaf or plant added, and you can get some sort of effect because it because of the high levels of MAOI in the ayahuasca. And there's some other tryptamines in the ayahuasca that can bring in a slight um, uh, visual or um, psychedelic experience, um, but not very strong. When you add in the DMT component, which is the leaf, it will create um, very strong visions for a very long period of time. Whereas if you're taking DMT without an MAOI, you have to smoke it or you have to uh, do an intravenous um, uh, application of it, which is... Uh, there's a book, DMT Spirit Molecule, uh, about the studies around DMT um, in the '90s, I think, and um, they were using intravenous um, delivery system for that. So uh, it also ex- by the by ingesting the DMT with the MAOI through the digestive system, it it extends the experience of the DMT to eight. Eight hours, eight to twelve hours, versus if you just smoke DMT, it would last uh, five to ten minutes and be
1: very, so very intense. You're having, wait, so you're saying that with the MAOI and the DMT combined, this is a multiple hour experience?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. With wow. yeah, the peak of it being maybe an hour to two hours um, of really the the peak intensity that that is, and then you. Kind of feel it comes in waves, but you'll it'll it'll mellow out over that period of time. So it is it is. Ceremonies with us um, last anywhere from five to seven hours, depending how large the group is. Um, And then after ceremony, people are often still you know still slightly in it, not necessarily having full on visionary experiences, but still feeling it, so to speak. Because it's a very somatic, very physical experience, uh, whereas uh, something like LSD is much more in the head and and mental, Uh, ayahuasca is, is really somatic. And that's part of the benefit is that we hold on to much of our trauma, whether it be intense trauma or just trauma from being a human being living in this society. Um, we hold on to that in our bodies. And so that's one of the best things that ayahuasca offers is this level of somatic um, healing and cleaning that other medicines don't necessarily have. That is, you know, releasing of, of these um, emotions or traumas that, that we're um, pushing to the side and, and trying to ignore, but they're coming out in our lives and, and holding us back. And so what ayahuasca does oftentimes is goes through and releases that stuff somatically and also um, cleans it um, such that we have more openness and we are able to uh, break patterns that um, were holding us back pr- uh, prior to do- working with ayahuasca.
1: Thank you for bringing up LSD because I, I've never taken it, um, but I do not smoke pot period um <laughs> the do I. the TSH. Th- 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 thank you uh-huh. see i I just know I have a really bad reaction to it uh-huh. whereas I, and I have to say, and I uh, apologies, sorry, but not sorry that I'm talking about pot when you're talking about something so beautiful, uh-huh. but I don't I, I've gotten jealous to be honest of stoners that you see in movies who get so mellow. Uh, when they're smoking when i get the complete opposite
0: right right. i mean
1: i get um i see everything in slow motion and Uh it it really freaks me out yeah so i would love to hear more about these visionary experiences because to me and knowing what what experiences i had the the last few times that I smoked. And it's been years, listeners. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> but I also got really sick every time I smoked. Mm-hmm. So to me, it I'm just putting it out there. It doesn't sound pleasurable, but maybe it's because I'm attaching it to something else that really wasn't pleasurable to me. You know what sure. I mean? Sure.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm by no means a, a proponent of marijuana at all. For the record, in fact, I think that it's even with its medicinal um, label as of late, I think it's being used as a crutch and, and kind of to band-aid to get through some things. But that's, you know, that's just personal. and
1: uh,
0: So anyway, uh, but uh, in terms of, yeah, in terms of, so are you asking the association with the, the negative what, or quote unquote what?
1: I'm really intrigued by the visionary. I'm really okay. intrigued by the visionary experience. Like what, because uh-huh. we've, we've seen things like, um, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but like Alice in Wonderland, you know, in mm-hmm. that's what I've always pictured or some type of seventies, sixties and seventies, like rave movie where they show you right. all these flashing colors and stuff. But because I've never experienced any type of, I hate using this word again, but trip, you know, I don't know what this is like. Can you explain to our our listeners how this is not scary or is it scary for some A of candy. the people who go through it?
0: It can be quite scary. Um, and that's why it's important to work with someone who uh, is a trained facilitator um, who knows how the medicine works and who can actually energetically work with the medicine to help one through those challenging and scary times. Um, for, before I get in, into the, talking about the visions, you know, ayahuasca has gotten famous for its visions and we tend to say, "Hey, look, the visions are secondary to what we're trying to do with ayahuasca." With ayahuasca, um, I refer to as a her because she, we experience her as a feminine energy or entity, and um, this is quite consistent um, throughout many indigenous tribes who you, who work with her. Um, anyway, so she she has a list of priorities uh, in our from our direct experience and that is clean, heal and teach. And so the teaching oftentimes comes through those visionary experiences um, to help recontextualize sometimes recontextualize uh, traumas um, sometimes just to give us a broader teaching of how beautiful everything is. Um, Sometimes those visions can be quite scary, and that's oftentimes her working on um, the subconscious. Again, those traumas that, and emotions that we're not um, fully experiencing and therefore not uh, expressing, and therefore uh, they they kink up and, and go sideways on us um, if we don't deal with them. And they can even cause a physical illness um, if we don't deal with those traumas and emotions and so forth, if we're con- constantly shoving them down. So. Yeah I mean the, there's a lot of attention placed on the visionary aspect of ayahuasca however again we we don't feel that this, that's the point the 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 point is to uh, clean heal and 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 release these things that we were holding on to um, and then learn um, and have sometimes there's some direct experiences that with with uh, ascent, things like ascended masters um you know I've, ha- I've definitely had experiences directly with uh, in ayahuasca with Jesus Christ, uh, with Shiva, with Ganesh, with Krishna, with, um, Buddha. And so th- that's where the, the visionary experiences turn into a teaching, mm. um, situation. And sometimes they're, again, nonsensical and that's, that's, uh, they're like what, all these patterns and I don't know what they mean. and, and, my uh, or our view and experience is that that's when she's working on the subconscious and it's important to point out that in her, if we look at our conscious uh, consciousness as a whole we're working with 3 to if we're lucky 5% of our consciousness being conscious consciousness and then 95 to 97% being subconscious um so when we get to work on that subconscious or one might even call it shadow stuff um that's highly valuable and rare uh, to, to effectively do that. And so when we have these, these um, visions again, that are, we we like to call them um, Tibetan circus porn (laughs) Um, uh, because it's like what I'm seeing all these crazy Tibetan images and, and there might be sexual images in there and so forth. And it's like, I don't understand what this is all about. That's her working on the subconscious.
1: Makes me wonder what my Tibetan circus porn would look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, you never know until you.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, it,
0: and it's, and it, you know, talk about, you, you said it can be scary. And that, that's part of what she teaches too on a group, larger scale is that we are, as humans, constantly, constantly trying to control our environment and our experience in spite of all the evidence that we have no control. And so working with ayahuasca, she's a great teacher on releasing the desire for control and actually surrendering to the experience that is life, and and whether it be in the ayahuasca ceremony or out in life. And and, and that's a huge, huge lesson and benefit um, to take away from ayahuasca.
1: I have to say that's part of what I really appreciated um, in your information sheet yeah. to come on to the podcast uh listeners for every single guest who comes on I have a cheat sheet that I refer to to prepare and it just makes everything so easy or a mm-hmm. lot easier for me because I really don't believe that any part of my podcast any part of my business should be difficult and when it is difficult I'm not saying that achieving my next goal is not going to be difficult because you you have to put in the work right
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But when I constantly feel like I'm working against the grain, I have to step back and think: Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, reaching that next milestone in my business is like a climb up the mountain, and it's going to be challenging at some at some points. But it, there's a whole nother level of difficulty there that is separate from when I'm just working with the wrong people mm-hmm. doing the wrong work. That just, that feels completely different. So I'm so fascinated here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. but um that's, you brought that up though. That's the point I was trying to make um, because I ask about positive productivity and I just really appreciated your standpoint because it's, it's a different, Thought Mm
0: -hmm. about
1: productivity and what it means,
0: right? And do you want to do you want to read it? I I remember um, vaguely what it was. I was like, I think I was like, I don't really think about it that
1: much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So my question in the form was, "What does positive productivity mean to you?" And I actually back it up by saying this is not a trick question because I've realized that positive productivity to so many different people means entirely different things, and even for me, since I started the podcast. Positive productivity has taken on a whole new meaning. But your answer was in all transparency, I can only take the term literally, which is essentially how it is (laughs) explained on your website. That is productivity systems that allow one to move through one's life work with minimal stress, such as can be excited about the work at hand. Well, this is an odd question in regards to our work. That is because we are extremely careful about, I don't know how to say this word. Prophesizing. Thank you. Yeah. I Ayahuasca, other plant medicines, or spiritual paths. Therefore, to have a message that we want to spread goes against our ethos. And and I just really it got me thinking. And I know some people who are listening might be I don't see how you connect it. I connected it. <laughs> uh-huh. I but it. I feel very incompetent with what I'm trying to say. But I just really appreciated your answer.
0: Sure. Well, and and I think it was. If if I were selling in a business selling something more material, um, I would have a, a, a more mainstream answer for you. Um, but we—it's like I said—we we, we got to be really careful not to to you know ayahuasca and other plant medicines are not for everyone. Um, one from a there's some definite physical. Uh, contraindication medical uh, med- medication contraindications that are dangerous. And then also some
1: people just aren't
0: ready for it. And, and so, um, you know, we need to be careful about that. Um, as a Can I just rel- thank
1: you for acknowledging that because there are so many people out there and I'm going to look at the nutrition space right now who like uh-huh. to push. And actually I just recorded another podcast this morning with a, um, with a functional medicine doctor who who is a little turned off by people in the tr- nutrition space who believe uh, that whatever diet they are on right now is for everybody. So right. keto is for everyone.
0: Sure.
1: Whole whatever 360 or whatever it is, I I've never done it is for everybody. Atkins is for everybody, but it's not for everybody because we don't Uh -uh. know the genetic makeup. We don't know the struggles that have been in the past. We don't know what their challenges would be. And like you just said, we don't know if they're ready. I mean, I wasn't ready for keto the first time I tried. Yeah, I'm not ready for keto now. I just realized that's not where I'm going. And the same thing with ayahuasca. Like, I don't know that I would be ready.
0: (laughs) yeah and and it, and it's funny you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that um you just started hearing about ayahuasca, and then uh, we popped up as a podcast uh, possibility and that's what happens with people who come on retreat with us. We hear it all the time. It's like yeah I've heard of ayahuasca maybe five years ago, and then suddenly, in the last you know two months um it just started popping up everywhere and then your website or your, we got a referral from someone who worked with uh, ayahuasca family before. And it's just like, all of a sudden it's in my face and I can't ignore it anymore. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a really good indication to if, if one is starting to hear about ayahuasca and it's popping up in your face a bunch, that's a, that's a, a sign, as you said earlier. Um, and, it's, and we hear that story consistently. So that's, that's, a, that's a, uh, a sign to begin with. And then, then of course, um, check in, see, see how you're feeling. Because it's, it's, it's not always easy. Um, the ayahuasca—it can be, it can be beautiful, uh, challenging, and scary, all in the same time.
1: <laughs> Sounds like childbirth. <laughs> yeah,
0: actually, my wife, uh, when she had, she had her son Bodhi, she um, had a psychedelic experience as he was, as he was uh, coming out, <laughs> um, and she was like, "Yeah, this is very much." Not so much ayahuasca, but she definitely had a visionary experience associated with her with her childhood.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So I and I can't speak to that, obviously. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I'm just actually thinking I just had a few not so nice words from my Hobi Chiba.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so oh. I
1: would have rather the psychedelic experience. No, he fell asleep in the doctor's waiting room while oh. we were waiting for him. So I just want to make it clear, I am not an angry person. But when you keep a pregnant woman who's on the delivery table waiting because you are asleep Uh, (laughs) in the back room. Yeah, don't do that. Uh. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. dot com. Again, you can sign up at worksmarternotharderchallenge.com. dot com. So you went you, you were in finance. You saw uh, a report from and National, National Geographic. And yes, and the the reporter had been suffering from PTSD, from yeah. what I recall. Yeah. Um,
0: and depression. And,
1: and depression. And that's just, well, I'm married to an Air Force veteran who uh-huh. has PTSD from both military and from childhood. Uh-huh. And the possibilities here just sound so amazing to be able to clear what has Potentially been holding you back, or not potentially. I know that a lot of the yeah. stuff that he goes through holds him back, and yeah. I I can't say either way about PTSD for me because I've never thought about it. To be sure. totally honest, like I've never put me and PTSD that. together. Right. So, but being able to let go of the limiting beliefs that have held me back in, would be absolutely amazing. But I never thought about the fact. Or the consideration of how much of the conscious brain we are using Uh versus not, and being able to really tap into the subconscious.
0: Yeah, Um, and it's this is a a broader as it relates to PTSD. I would um, yes, ayahuasca. I've worked with or we've worked with people with PTSD, and um, and that said. Now that there's been a resurgence in psychedelic therapy, i think there may be particularly with m d m a that might be a um uh, a better way to start with p t s d uh-huh. um it's a softer experience um uh, and you know we're in the the m d m a therapy that's going on um and i think it's it's in its last stages of approval and it may be a much easier to get into get that kind of therapy now than say even a year ago. Um, I don't follow it that closely, but, and in those contexts, um, it's, um, you know, administered with a, a psychotherapist as part of the, the process. And that's something that we don't do, uh, at, you know, in an ayahuasca ceremony, there's no talking, <laughs> Um, which which is really helpful in one sense in the sense that we, we want to get people out of their thinking minds and uh, more in the the experiential what's going on in the body and and, and that sort of thing um, and we we do always do a post ceremony uh, integration uh, sharing circle and that sort of thing and we also refer people, uh, recommend we, have, we work with a therapist, um, who is able to help people with in preparation and integration as well around the ayahuasca retreat experience. Um, and going back to MDMA and PTSD, um, you know, th- this is, I think uh, it, once it becomes pervasive and people come to me and say, Hey, I'm working with PTSD. I'll be like, hey, why don't you, why don't you go work with MDMA first? Um, your insurance might cover it. <laughs> um, and then the same thing goes for um, addictions. Ayahuasca can be very helpful with, with uh, addictions, but it takes a long time. That is, um, there are programs that are you know, six months in, in duration, and they're very successful. However, there's this other thing called Iboga or Ibogaine, which is a one-shot deal. takes a couple of days. Um, and it has like a eighty percent success rate. So it's really kind of cool that there's a resurgence in these psychedelic treatments for these various uh, ailments and um, emotional and, and psychological ailments. And we're really careful on um, you know uh, suggesting the appropriate medicine for the appropriate situation or ailment.
1: So I admittedly just had to Google MDMA.
0: Oh. Yeah, it used to be I didn't, ex- ecstasy, was it? Um, yeah, yeah, aptly it, named by the way.
1: What was that? <laughs>
0: aptly named by the way, ecstasy.
1: So, okay, I have never admitted this on the podcast, but in you know, a lot of kids go to college thinking that they're gonna break out and go do like the fun track and you know, try everything that they didn't do at home. At mm-hmm. least the kids that I grew up with, well. I went to school in downtown Chicago and the dorms would not let us back into the rooms at night if they had any reason to believe that we were under the influence. Oh, so that's I was, not
0: very safe. <laughs> that well, sounds like it, a bad policy.
1: <laughs> yes and no, because kids who went out and got drunk or, or took drugs, I went to art school. Okay, so there was a lot of experimenting. Sure. Um, they would just stay wherever they were partying. But I was a lame one who didn't go at all. Um, I, well, I don't want to say lame. I was very focused on my schoolwork and didn't go out. Uh-huh. So, I, I'm intrigued, but I'm not about to start. <laughs> sure. um, but but that doesn't mean like I wouldn't I wouldn't try at all. It's just um, I feel sort of silly for not knowing what it stood for or what it was oh. associated with, and I didn't know that they were considering. Um, legalizing?
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't say legalize. Um, okay. they, they're, use, they're, they're very far down the uh, FDA approval process um, in terms of um, uh, clinical use, specifically for PTSD, uh, because it has be- been shown to be exceptionally uh, successful and effective. Um, for PTSD, and then uh, psilocybin, the mushrooms are also very far along um, in, in treating depression. Um, so yeah, we're we're in uh, kind of a renaissance or resurgence of um, clinical studies and trials around psychedelics as uh, healing uh, modalities. In fact, back in LSD, it'll take a while for that to come uh back into particularly in the united states uh come back into the uh, research arena but that's what it was being used for um back in the 50s and 60s was they, they were seeing amazing amazing results through the use of lsd in a in a therapeutic and clinical uh situation and it was uh, the psychedelics got a really bad name because of nixon and his war on drugs and it was a bunch of propaganda um it the psychedelics are are amazing for so many emotional uh, issues and it's just you know propaganda that, that has taken things uh you know and demonized them uh these these substances and and that's not to say i mean what's interesting is that um there are people who will uh, have psychotic breaks and so forth from psychedelics and that's why you have to be careful with the um, the vetting and the the um, you know, making sure that there aren't, there's a history of that in the family and that sort of thing, and it'll still happen, right? Mm-hmm. Things will still happen. However, if you look at the record of, say, ayahuasca and other psychedelics um, compared to, say, the suicide rates associated with antidepressants, it's it's a no-brainer.
1: No. Thank you for saying that. I, I mean even even for vets coming back, you know, with disabilities
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and I know I'm walking a line here and, and I'm gonna follow it up with something else that could get me into even bigger trouble. But you know the the frequency of the VA prescribing oxycontin
0: mm-hmm.
1: rather than other alternative forms of treatment, um, is just deplorable. I mean my mm-hmm. husband was just um, was prescribed OxyContin, and until just last year, it was still an open prescription that he just wouldn't touch. He actually told them, "Take it off, uh-huh. take it off my, uh, you know, that I can get it." Right. Um. We joked, and this is not a funny joke. Please know that, but we had a lot of really tough financial times, and we joked. Well, there's always an open prescription of OxyContin. Please know that we never did it. Like. Right, right. But it's just so sad that it's out there and the suicide rate on that is just ridiculous. My husband and I have talked numerous times though about, and I know you're not a fan of marijuana necessarily, but we look at the FDA and it's the Food and Drug Administration. We feel like they are doing more to limit the potentially helpful natural drugs but are allowing the more dangerous ones to go through. Whereas, you know, a lot of the more dangerous drugs are being used to treat illnesses caused by all the unhealthy foods that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, McDonald's in every corner, Burger King right next to it, but it's the food and drug administration. And there's just so much that could be done across the board to help us create a healthier America. And I know that the list we have, we have over a hundred countries listening and but here in the States, if we could just get our diet under control, then so many of the health issues would be removed.
0: Sure, sure. Including some of the psychological um, exactly issues around depression, so those because got mm-hmm. gut biome being so connected with your emotional state. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean it's it's at the same time we wanna give them credit where credit's due around as it relates to um, they're opening up around psychedelics the the data around psychedelics and marijuana um, as much as they want to resist it's gotten to the point where they can't ignore it and they're they're um, they're opening things up right i mean um, they have allowed it's been a long haul with mdma in particular um, where they're i think um, the guy who's kind of spearheading it is that uh, who's the head of maps his name's ex- escaping maps being the uh, uh i don't know what to call it trade group a research research group um that is has been pushing for mdma um uh, use in in in, in a therapeutics um, setting for i want to say 20 years or something like that and it's just it, his there's a book that he wrote and again i'm forgetting his name but um where, and he's like, look, the, the FDA, they're not necessarily bad people. It's just that they've been, been uh, subject to the propaganda, um, on the quote unquote war on drugs, um, for as long as everyone else. And, and if, if, if you don't have a lot of direct experience, there's going to be some, um, uh, what's word of I mean, prejudice um, against opening up to the idea that psychedelics can actually help helpful. And that is happening again. We've got MDMA who very near the end of their uh, clinical trials and should be they're They're saying probably next year, it's going to be um, uh, open for therapists to use it. Um, and then uh, psilocybin uh, is also moving pretty quickly there too. Um, and we've already seen, you know, on a state level, uh, so many states have, have uh, decriminalized or legalized uh, marijuana, and in psychedelics in general. We have what we have. Um, Den, I want to see. Denver's decriminalized um, psilocybin. Oakland has decriminalized all the plant based, excuse me, plant based. Um uh, psychedelics so we 're seeing movement it 's just it's it 's a big ship to move and and of course then, then you got the the, the um, funding or the the big pharma money they don 't want any of this to happen because they make right. so much money off of of um, antidepressants and, and anti-anxiety anxiety medications and all that sort of thing. But so Colorado is
1: pumping so much money back into the economy because they've yeah. opened up the cannabis industry. Totally. I think it could easily be replaced. And part of me, especially with the ages that my kids are, you know, um, the oldest ones are 14 and 17 now. And then my husband has a, one that will be 21. Um, you know, when we're kids and we're told you can't touch this, it makes us want to touch it more. Yeah. So part of me wonders if it had not been criminalized would the temptation had been, have been there as much, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's just as easy
0: for a kid to get when they're, when it's criminalized, it's easier for kids to get it than when it's regulated.
1: But would they have been as tempted to, if they were told you can't have it? Maybe I was just a rebellious kid, but I specifically remember my mother telling me one, don't touch this pan.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it's hot. yeah. You know, so what did yeah. I do? I turned around and I touched the pan.
0: You're right. Well, and and so there's that aspect which true, kids are rebellious. And at the same time, when kids are rebellious and they touch the hot pan and it's not hot because they've been lied to, they're gonna go further and try try the uh try the heroin. Mm. <laughs> you know, they're like they lied to me about this marijuana thing. You know, I, I know that nothing went wrong when I smoked marijuana. Now I'm going to try all this other stuff that may not be as as you know meth or what have you, yeah but so I, I agree I agree and and I think that's
1: it, a yeah. really valid point though, and I hadn't considered that And I mean, I have a friend whose son died due to a heroin overdose, and that you know that's the last thing that we ever want to experience is sure. yeah is losing a child to an overdose. Can we go back to you though oh, sure. i i I love how you said that you you have um, I forgot the word that you used, but trainers or therapists who work with your clients who come in to prep them for what they're going to experience. Can you talk more on that?
0: Sure. Uh, when it's not part of our retreats per se. It's an option that we highly recommend. Um, we work with um, Dr. John Sheely, PhD um, out of he's in Kentucky. And so he, um, uh, he's able to, under the coach label, um, be able to do Zoom calls uh, uh, and help people prepare and, and more often, integrate uh, post uh, psychedelic experiences in general. And then we work closely with him because he's um, he works with both myself and my wife um, on a personal level. And he has, and it's a, what we found uh, for a long time I. Had, I had like, Oh, I'm taking ayahuasca and I'm on the spiritual path and I don't have to worry about any sorts of, uh, coaching or counseling. Um, I get it all, you know, this will all take care of it. And that's just not true. Um, there are still blind spots in spite of all the personal work I've done through plant medicines, meditation and spiritual work. Um, and once I started working with Dr. John, um, I was like, "Wow, this is this is like personal growth and spiritual growth on steroids." When we have um, someone on the outside kind of pointing to, like, "Hey, what about this?" You're, uh, you know, did you you know talking about my childhood, thinking I had a I had a very normal, non-traumatic childhood, and at this then talking to him and him going, "Well, this piece here, that's." Might be causing some problem, and then I'll be like, "Oh, that's connected to this behavior in life." And oh man, um, so it's it's been hugely helpful in uh, our personal lives and as a uh, relationship um, developer between my wife and myself. And and, and again, all combined with ayahuasca work. Um, and so coming out of that, it's just like direct experience has shown that putting. Uh, that type of coaching counseling together with medicine work is just amazing. And and so we started referring people to him um, and getting feedback. It was like, yeah, this is, this is a slam dunk. Um, So it's, it's optional because not everyone wants to go through that kind of uh, talk, talk uh, counseling work. Um, But we highly recommend it. And um, yeah, particularly if, you know, all this stuff adds up in terms of costs, um, so if one can afford it, um, we highly recommend it.
1: I think, I just want to thank you for even having that resource available for people who do want it because I mean, I'm, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I was actually uh, committed to the mental hospital in 2008, mm. um, for being suicidal okay. and it was a result of not taking care of my I I've h- had hypoactive thyroidism since birth oh. and I hadn't been taking my medications for like months. Uh-huh. I didn't realize the repercussions. Sure. You know, it was just something I had been taking for 30 years, <laughs> admittedly. And I had never asked why, what happens if I don't, I mean, that was dug him, <laughs> you know, you well. should have looked into it, but also I was majorly sleep deprived.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, you know, I, at that point, I really could have used somebody on the outside who wasn't connected to the drug facilitation. I'm just saying this as an example, who would have looked and said, well, Kim, you are working 22 hours a day. Sleep deprivation has major side effects. We should work on that. Yeah. Because then I, I fell into the trap again in 2016. You know, and it, it, thankfully, I stumbled upon some awesome online um, mentors who who talked about the effects of sleep deprivation. But oftentimes, I mean, you, when we're investing in self in ourselves, and how people are investing in themselves when they go to your retreats. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. make sure that you're doing what you can. But I am sure. not at all, con- mm-hmm. you know, promoting go bankrupt to. Sure. Spend every last penny, no, because that's just going to cause additional stress. Yeah, yeah,
0: yep. If if I had my druthers, I'm I'm a huge believer. um, If I had my druthers, everyone would have um, a Mm -hmm. coach or therapist to help them through. Mm -hmm. Um, It it's it has a stigma, and I'm hoping that stigma goes away. And um, yeah, it's it's been amazing for myself and my wife.
1: Absolutely. So you went down there. What three times, um, or twice, and then quit your job in finance?
0: Yeah, down to Peru in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I went down for two retreats in in Peru in the jungles of Peru, and then after that second one, I was like, okay, this is <laughs> this is it. I I I was exceptionally dissatisfied with life and depressed and all that sort of thing, and the trips down to Peru were life-changing and help me see how, yeah, well, I can, after going through ayahuasca, I, I kind of was able to deal with the environment of, um, you know, I was an institutional stockbroker. Um, I could deal with it better and I wasn't maximizing my happiness by being in that environment. That's not to say that everyone who does ayahuasca is going to quit their job after two retreats. That's very, very much not the case. <laughs> um but yeah i ended up moving down to peru and then uh living in the small village um out in the jungle about four and a half hours south of Iquitos, which is the large jungle city um this tiny village um and just uh, all that there was to do there was uh drink ayahuasca do what's called a shamanic dieta um and if one was interested in going out and in deep into the jungle exploring the jungle that was all uh, an option too but that wasn't my my bag at the time um so that's what i did and that's where i met my my teacher and uh had no plans on becoming an ayahuasca shaman, um, so to speak um but you know life and ayahuasca had uh, different ideas and and, and we uh, i teamed up with him and Uh, ended up building a a camp my first retreat center down there called la familia uh, medicina and um that was an operation uh, for about three and a half years and i was down there for about four and a half years studying intensely
1: wow and what did your family and friends say when you made the shift
0: uh a lot of i had a lot of support from my friends um my close friends, uh, in, in finance and, um, yeah, I definitely got some, you know, you're being weird or that's crazy. Um, from the more conservative, uh, members of my group of friends or what have you, but surprisingly, I mean, not, not a huge, uh, huge amount of that. And then my family, um, they're used to me going off and doing crazy things or what's perceived as crazy things. Um, and you, uh, because I had so much freedom growing up and my, my mom's kind of an ex so I um, you know, always had a lot of freedom growing up. Um, maybe got a, had some misunderstanding about uh, what I was doing at first, but then they saw the results and they were psyched. And in fact, my... My mother has drunk ayahuasca with us um, at least six times.
1: Wow. Uh, and, I was going to ask.
0: Yeah. And then my, my father, my biological father, he's born again, Christian and all that sort of thing. And uh, we don't know each other. We, we've gotten to know each other a lot better. And um, I, he, he, he can't cause he has heart issues. And, um, but he seems relatively cool about it. Um, my, there's another father figure who I grew up with whose name is Doug. And he actually came down uh, to Guatemala in the last few months and did a a series of five ceremonies. And then he's coming back in March. He's, he's all about it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and then Jess's parents, both of them have drunk with us several times. Um, They're, they're very much supportive.
1: Mm. What would you say to anybody who has had an experience like yours, although not necessarily the same thing, Mm -hmm. and wants to make a shift?
0: You mean like in their life or just shift in general? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Well, first of all, we always tell people you know, when you're making big decisions around uh, an ayahuasca retreat, take at least two weeks before you quit a job. Uh, form a relationship or quit in a relationship or that that sort of thing to make sure that one is skillful, one, to make sure that it makes sense <laughs> to make that big shift um, and to how to go about it skillfully such that, you know, we don't burn bridges, hurt feelings unnecessarily. Um, so... Is that what you're asking? Or are you asking? Yeah. About- and
1: I really appreciate that. And what I, what I always heard was um, go through a season, experience yeah. a season and make sure that that's still what you want and that it wasn't a, a you know, a passing thought.
0: Sure, sure. So
1: I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah, it does. It doesn't necessarily have to do with ayahuasca, but how long did you give thought to leaving your job before you did? And I know yours was directly, but somewhat indirectly because you didn't know that you were going to wind up here. Yeah. But h- how long did you give that thought before you did decide to quit?
0: I think it was a season. I think I made yeah. it through this, the spring. Yeah. Um, of, I forget what year 2009 or 2010. Um, and uh, I was just like, I, you know, and, and as it turns out, a couple of big deals came through. And so I was sitting on a, chunk of cash. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I can, I don't need to stay You can here. actually and, do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely didn't make that move quickly. Um, uh, but once I did make the decision it, things move quickly.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I have to say that in my life, like when I've let it sit for a season and really made sure that it's what I wanted to do, it was usually mm. the right decision. Yeah. So anything that I've acted on faster than that yeah oh a lot of those i've kicked myself for after but they're all learning experiences and that's where a lot of content for the podcast comes out yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, have you on that point have you ever heard of um on decision making have you ever heard of human design
1: i have but i don't really i've had my chart created Uh on several occasions but i never know how to read it and Uh i am in as i said i'm in ohio Uh
0: uh-huh
1: I'm also from the Northeast. I'm from New York. Sure. And there's just not a, a lot of people that I'm around who can walk through my chart with me.
0: Oh, I could refer you to this guy, John Cole, out in, in Austin. Um, I would love do you know that. What you, do you know what you, you are?
1: No, I don't remember. Okay.
0: So there's there's two main parts to a human design uh, reading, and one is, your, um, one is your authority, which is your um, – decision making process and the whole point of human design is to recognize that we're all very different energetic vehicles cruising around and society tries to make it. it's just like you're talking about diet with diet. Um everyone they want to homogenize us. And you know, everyone go make it happen. Everyone, you know, work your asses off. Um but some energetic vehicles aren't made for that. And and we all have our own um decision-making processes that are appropriate for us. So like my wife, she has a, what's called a sacred authority where she is supposed to make decisions in the moment quick. Like that's her best decision-making process. Whereas I need to go through a full emotional cycle. Uh, That is, uh, if I'm happy and someone pitches an idea to me, particularly salespeople, I'll buy it. If I'm sad, I might miss an opportunity. So I've got to wait. The longer I wait on my decisions, the better the deal I'll get. Um, and then there's other ones where you're supposed to wait uh, 30 days and so forth so um, yeah uh, it, it's interesting that that you you may be either someone who needs to go through an emotional cycle or you might be um, one of those rare unicorns who has to wait like 30 days
1: Well I'm wondering if I could if there's any possibility I could be some mix of both now that you're talking I mean the big major life-changing decisions
0: yeah. I've, I don't know. In that system, they probably not be yeah. very defined in that sense, but in life it might be different. But I found, we found that human design is very, very accurate.
1: Yeah. Um. Can I just ask you one last question about that? And I know this is not your field, but sure. how, Um. if you listeners, if you're not familiar with human design, you generally provide your city of birth and your birth date Along with the time that you were born. Mm-hmm. Now I've asked my mother if she remembers what time I was born, and she says seven o'clock. Uh-huh. And I've asked her like for the minutes, and she doesn't know. I right. full disclosure, I don't remember the minutes that my kids were born. I'm sure it's on their their birth record, birth whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, somewhere. Is that important? Like the exact minute?
0: Um, I think that you yeah. know of. I think I think that if you're within uh, an hour or two, you're be oh, fine. Okay. And the way to to look at it is like just change the time a couple of times and see if the chart changes.
1: Absolutely. That's, Thank so, you.
0: That's the way to go about that. But so, so. yeah, John Cole is the guy who I'd refer you to, and um, he would be able to answer that much better than I.
1: Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can get him on for a future episode to talk all about that. But um, Oh,
0: I'm sure he would be psyched to do that. Oh, We've I done some podcasts together and because we have our own podcast too. Um, Ayahuasca Family podcast. On okay, I'm going
1: to have to go future. listen. <laughs> awesome. There will be a link in the show notes, by the way, listeners, which you can find at thugkimsutton.com forward slash pp668. So thugkimsutton.com forward slash pp668. Zach for anybody who is intrigued and wants to know if ayahuasca or a retreat with you would be the appropriate would be appropriate for them uh-huh. what are some of the first considerations that that they should consider and then what would be the next steps that you would recommend
0: um, yeah so first thing is safety um, you know, do you you have you know, heart issues um, do you have um, epilepsy do you have there, there's a um, quite a few medical conditions that we need to be careful with high blood pressure being one of them uh, heart issues being the, the most prevalent um, so that's the first consideration is medical conditions and then medi- medications would be particularly SSRIs and MAOIs those are antidepressants um, any Antipsychotic uh, medications, medications in general, we need to be careful about uh, with Iowa, mixing with ayahuasca. In fact, we we ask people as much as possible, with a few exceptions, to stop any medications and supplements for the retreat. So we want to be safe from that standpoint. We also want to be safe uh, around mental health issues. So if you you or your family has um, have any issues around psychosis or psychotic breaks. That's not a good idea. A suicidal ideation, not a good idea. Um, you know, To a certain, there is a point in which um, deep, deep, deep depression uh, may not be a good idea, and that's a case-by-case basis. Um, and so we need to watch out for the, the safety issues, both physical, uh, emotional, and mental health issues. Um, if you are a healthy human being um ayahuasca is generally safe in fact there's been a long term like 15 year study out of spain where the guys who's the people have been studying are like yeah ayahuasca is good for you um and so if you're healthy and then and considering it then it's time to start to um, trying to figure out what kind of uh context you'd like to experience ayahuasca um, because there are so many different lineages and so many different styles um, ranging from the indigenous um, you know, Amazonian jungle style to um, uh, Brazilian Catholic church style, which is very much like going to church. Um, and start doing the research around that and then checking in with your gut as to who... <laughs> Who do i like who 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 is appealing just on a on a uh, based on the content and so forth and that they're providing through their website or program what have you and a good retreat center will have a vetting process so for example we have um an application wherein uh, people are asked well what medications are you taking or have you been taking and do you have any current medical issues and why are you doing this so that there can be a you know sincere conversation later after the application, a live conversation we we have zoom calls where we we get to see each other face to face and get to know each other um, and make sure that we both want to work or can can't want to and can't work together effectively because this is serious stuff when you work with doing an ayahuasca retreat um, and I would avoid uh, Going for just one ceremony we we strongly believe based on experience that um, you know three ceremonies minimum four is is what we offer um, because it is such a process, and we actually frown on the idea that uh, a one and done ceremony is appropriate um, and that would be the first things to look at look at start doing some research like we have a bunch of podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, Stitcher under Ayahuasca Family. And that's a good place. And you, you have other um, uh, podcasts out there that talk about it. Joe Rogan's been one. Um, uh, I think Tangentially Speaking with uh, Dr. Ryan um, is another one. Uh, but there's definitely a, a, a fair amount of research out there that, that are, and, and resources that you can do resource, uh, research on, I
1: should say. Can I just say thank you for vetting um your what do you call them? Um, yes. clients. Yes. So thank you for vetting because I, I've I work specifically with business and life coaches and I I've really had to hone down who I work with or narrow mm-hmm. who I work with because there's a lot who will work with anybody, sure. even if it's not in the client's best interest. Right. So thank you. Because yeah you can, you do the best for your clients when you work with the best clients for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we often we will we'll refer people to other ayahuasca practitioners or other you know, practitioners when appropriate. Like, you know, particularly when they're dealing with uh, some physical issues, we'll send them down to a
1: place down in Peru. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So where can listeners who want to know more about you? And I know you said that your podcast is on SoundCloud and, in the apple podcast there will be a, a link in the show notes listeners but where can they go to learn more about you and jess and and what you do specifically
0: sure well our website is dot fabulous um, and to spell that is a y a h u a s c a family.com
1: i was so happy that i looked up and I went and watched some of your videos before we hopped oh. on, just so I would have an idea of how to pronounce. I oh, kept cool. on rewinding because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would totally have not gotten it right.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very common. My my grandmother to this day has not said ayahuasca correctly, ever. <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, I I can only imagine. Uh, well, you. do you have a parting piece of advice? And I just want to thank you again. Do you have a parting piece of advice for our listeners?
0: in general or as it relates Actually, to Actually
1: as it Well I'm going to ask you to make the decision whatever your whatever the universe or whoever uh, you look to is telling you to say today I would love to hear your thoughts.
0: And this is a general advice and this is something that I said at a, a wedding of, of good good friends um, is that essentially always 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 open your heart
1: Welcome back to another, okay, see, that's going straight into episode 666 right there.
0: There we go. (laughs)